0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, August 3rd. Staff at the Manti LaSalle National Forest are reporting flash floods and debris flows due to heavy rainfall events across the forest system, especially when those rain events occur on burn scars. This morning, they are working to clear roadways and culverts from up to 17 locations across the forest system. Public Affairs Officer Samantha Stoffergin says flooding is affecting both the Manti area near Price and the LaSalle area near Moab.
1: With all of the monsoonal rains that we've had come across Utah in the last couple of weeks, we are experiencing flooding throughout our entire forest. So top to bottom on Mount Tala we're seeing areas flood on our burn scars from the Benyon Fire, and we're seeing it in the Pat Creek Fire, and then we're seeing it just down through the canyons and through some campsites.
0: Heavy rainfall on the Pack Creek fire's burn scar sent a flash flood through Moab on July 25th. Community members gathered along the Pack Creek drainage to watch the debris flow.
2: Whoa! Full trees!
0: (laughs) Flooding events continued this week. Grand County road crews removed a flood-damaged culvert in Spanish Valley, closing a portion of Stocks Drive. With additional flooding expected, the Grand County Sheriff's Office expects this road closure to last until after monsoon season, perhaps late fall or early winter. The Forest Service reports that just six inches of fast moving water can knock someone off their feet, and a water depth of two feet will cause most vehicles to float.
1: It's pretty crazy if you happen to see some video come through of a flash flood. One second, it's fine and the next second there is rushing water just tearing down through a creek, that creek can then very quickly overflow. That water is filled with debris and logs and rocks and who knows what, and oh. then the current is very strong. So it's very easy even for strong swimmers or you know healthy grown adults to just get pulled into that if they're not careful.
0: Stauffergen warns forest recreators to be mindful of creeks and streams, as well as steep slopes and narrow canyons that can create increased risk from flash floods. When it comes to flooding, it's just common sense and being proactive,
1: watching the weather, being aware of storms are going to come in through the area. The forest is working really hard to clean up any flooding areas. And monitoring roads very carefully to see if they need to close anything for public safety.
0: You can find the press release from the Manti LaSalle National Forest about flash floods and debris flow in the show notes of today's news. In a hearing last week, members of Congress considered whether our region's national parks are being loved to death by an influx of visitors. The Mountain West News Bureau's Savannah Marr reports. Yellowstone National Park saw close to a million visits in June, a 20% increase over pre-COVID levels in 2019. At Zion National Park, hikers are waiting as long as four hours to access popular trailheads. During the Senate subcommittee hearing, Kristen Brengel of the National Parks Conservation Association told lawmakers that overcrowding poses a major threat.
1: Visitors are spreading out beyond existing trails, increasing wildlife
0: disruption, There has been more vandalism, particularly defacing indigenous rock imagery. In response, some parks have moved to a reservation-only system. But Kevin Gartland of the Whitefish Montana Chamber of Commerce said those systems are frustrating visitors.
1: They've traveled thousands of miles. They've made tens of thousands of dollars in hotel and airfare and rental car reservations only to see their vacation ruined because they can't get that $2 ticket to see Glacier National Park.
0: Witnesses called for increased park staffing and better marketing of lesser-known parks. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Savannah Marr. This summer, our partners at KUER are traveling around Utah looking for places that are extra, extreme. Their producer, Benjamin Bombard, recently visited the hottest place in the state— If you spent any time in Utah, you probably already know where that is. Benjamin sends us this audio postcard of his journey. The hottest place in
2: Utah is nowhere near as remote as the other places I've gone to for these stories. I mean, it's right there, right off I-15. It's St. George. I had already made plans to go there on July 5th. The day before that, Independence Day, I spoke with Christine Cruz, She's a lead meteorologist at the National Weather Service office here in Salt Lake City. Cruz was sitting at her desk, pulling up the records on her computer, and she confirmed it. St. George does hold the record for the hottest place in the state.
1: The official highest temperature recorded in the state of Utah was recorded on July 5, 1985 in St. George.
2: They had a high of 117 that day. But St. George isn't just scorching hot every once in a while.
1: The number of these, where they go above 100,
2: it looks like around 50. On the day I visited, coincidentally 36 years to the day since the official hottest temp in the state was recorded, Cruz's office had forecast a high of 106 degrees, a relatively normal summer day, at least by St. George's high standards. But I'm a cold weather guy. It gets over 90 degrees and I start to wilt. So I wanted to know how people deal with such consistent heat. In an artsy shop in the center of town, I meet Melissa Doms. She grew up in St. George. And she told me her father still talks about that record hot day nearly 40 years ago. I think his pickup truck maybe didn't have air conditioning. And just driving with the windows down and just being so hot. and Couldn't wait to get off work and get to the city pool. Dom sits beside a table populated with crocheted creatures. Mushrooms, bees, dinosaurs. Like a lot of people in St. George, she spends most of the summer indoors. I crochet a lot. See all these little guys? Normally crochet is like such a winter hobby in other climates, right? But in St. George it's a summer hobby. (laughs) It's like, what do I do? I stay inside. Another coping strategy I hear about again and again. Get out in the morning while it's still cool. In the retirement community of Rio Virgin Estates, I meet three old guys playing horseshoes just after sunrise. Warren Gordon, 82 years old, and Waldo Burnham, who's 80, are squaring off against each other and 97-year-old Armand James. So does the heat ever get to you down here? I love it. That's Burnham.
1: You just have to put up with it.
2: That's James, and here's Gordon.
1: I played pickleball all summer. You just go out early and play at 8 or 8.30 and you're back into the air conditioning by 10:30 or 11? Fine.
2: Gordon's originally from Seattle. He says that because it's so dry in St. George, which is about twice as dry as Salt Lake City, it just makes the weather feel different.
1: I'm estimating it feels 12 degrees warmer when it's cold and 12 degrees cooler when it's warm. Go to Seattle and it's 80 and you're just dripping and it's terrible. Here 80 is perfect. Yeah, you don't have any choice, you just go with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but how do you just go with it when it feels like you're baking alive? That's what one person tells me the heat feels like. Another says it's like standing in front of a blow dryer set on high. But the best description I hear of the St. George heat comes from Douglas Blackford, whom I happen to meet at a packed restaurant downtown.
1: I
0: used to be a mechanic. And oftentimes, you had to get underneath the hood of a vehicle while it's running. Uh-huh. You got the hood up, you know, the radiator's right here, and the fan's blowing on you. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit, uh-huh. except you can't step back, get away from the radiator. <laughs> it'd, it'd get cooler. Yeah.
2: As the day warms up and an afternoon breeze starts to blow, I get a taste for myself of what Blackford was talking about. It hits a high of 107 as I wander around town. And with climate change and severe drought, it's only going to get hotter in St. George. Armand James, one of the old guys playing horseshoes, says it's already happening. I
1: sure noticed the heat more this year than I ever have, and I've been here 23 years.
2: It's hotter this year?
1: Seems like it has. Huh? gets hotter every year now mm. down here. Mm. But you get used to it. Remember, we're retired, so we can choose to stay indoors when we want to.
2: Yeah. Well, and, you know, Armand's observation that you get used to it kind of speaks to a very human trait, which is adaptability. You do adapt. pretty hard to adapt to 115, you know. Yeah. (laughs) And that raises a question St. George is facing. How hot is too hot? Because, according to Christine Cruz, the meteorologist, it's getting hotter in town for a fact. The average summer temperature, she said, has climbed about 10 degrees in the past 100 or so years. Even the record for the hottest official temperature in the state is no longer safe. Earlier this month, on July 10th, St. George tied its own record, 117 degrees. But summer's not over, and as heat continues to bake every corner of the state, it might be a good idea to listen to the St. Georgians. Play your horseshoes in the morning. Stay inside and crochet in the heat of the day. And as Waldo Burnham told me, Hydrate, drink a lot, and, uh, you know, just go do it.
0: Oh! That's KUER's Benjamin Bombard reporting from St. George. You can hear more from his series Extra Utah at KUER.org. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, August 3rd. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.